and uh, unhook this so that I've got a little bit of space because many of you know that I like to, I seem to pace around a bit when I'm uh, speaking. It's partly for effect and it's partly so I can head towards my 10,000 steps a day. <laughs> so as a church, we've been, over this year, we've been looking at uh, four characteristics that uh, we feel that uh, we should be living both individually and as a whole church. And they are to be genuine, thankful, generous, courageous. And last week, Nathan did a a wonderful job, thank you Nathan, uh, for explaining how Hannah uh, was genuine. So Hannah was a a lady in the Old Testament and he, he bought... Yeah, it was just a, a really great uh, word. It was thank you again. But no, genuinely thank you. And this week we are, if you haven't got it already, we are looking at being thankful. So I did a quick Google search and came up with a, a number of quotes on thankfulness. And uh, I, I never realised or thought that maybe I would be uh, quoting people like the Buddha and the Dalai Lama up on this stage, but here we go. This is the Dalai Lama. When you practice gratefulness, there is a sense of respect towards others. Jim Lovell, an astronaut, be thankful for problems. If they were less difficult, someone with less ability might have your job. (laughs) Keep this Robert Louis Stevenson, who, for those who don't know, is a writer... Keep your eyes open to your mercies. The man who forgets to be thankful has fallen asleep in life. A guy called Todd Stocker, who's a Christian minister. Thankfulness creates gratitude, which generates contentment that causes peace. Another writer, William Arthur Ward, feeling gratitude and not expressing it is like wrapping a present and not giving it. Gerald Goode, again a writer, if you want to turn your life around, try thankfulness. It'll change your life mightily. And then finally, the Buddha. A noble person is mindful and thankful for the favours he receives from others. So thankfulness isn't just something that we have the monopoly on in church, actually thankfulness is you know, across the human race. People know and talk about being thankful. And this week, we're going to be looking at the Apostle Paul and uh, how he was thankful in so many, and in fact, in all situations. Now, I just want to, uh, last week, Nathan actually asked Pam to read the passage through about Hannah, and it was a number of verses long, but I, as you'll be pleased to know, won't be reading all the passages about Paul this week. For those of you who don't know, Paul uh, spans at least half of the New Testament. But what I did want to do was just to give a quick rundown, really, of Paul's life. So, Paul was, actually, he was named Saul when he was born, and he was born in a town called Tarsus, 
which is, was or in the southeast corner of what is modern-day Turkey. He was born as a Jew, but also as a Roman citizen to a Pharisee who was a, a religious Jewish leader. He actually moved to uh, Jerusalem at some point in his childhood, and so he grew up in Jerusalem. And it would appear that he was very privileged. He would, his uh, father was part of the ruling class, so he grew up as a, a privileged child in Jerusalem. You could almost say uh, with a silver spoon in his mouth. He was taught by the renowned teacher, Jewish teacher Gamaliel, and the Bible tells us that he was very zealous for God, this is Paul, for God and the Jewish faith. In his 20s, he persecuted the early church. He, he believed that the Jewish religion was right, he believed that uh, the Christian religion was blasphemy to God, and so he went about persecuting the early church. In fact, he oversaw the stoning of Stephen uh, when Stephen uh, stood and said he saw God, he saw Jesus at the right hand of the Father. The Jewish people cried out, blasphemy, and they, it's, the Bible tells us that they laid their cloaks at the feet of Paul, which was kind of like him saying, yeah, I agree, kill him. Having persecuted the early church in Jerusalem, he then got permission to go to the town of Damascus to continue his battle against the early church. He went with letters of authority so that he could make the authorities in uh, Damascus help him to uh, capture the Christians in Damascus and to take them back in chains to Jerusalem for trial. But on the way... He, was, he dramatically encountered Jesus. If you read the story, it says that he experienced a great light, that he was actually literally blinded, and he heard Jesus talking to him, challenging him, saying, why are you persecuting me? And it is at this point in his life that uh, you know, there is a dramatic change. He immediately starts to preach Jesus as the Son of God. There's then a, a three-year period where he apparently goes off into Arabia to spend time uh, really working through his new faith. You can imagine this man has persecuted the church and now suddenly he finds himself as a Christian. And I, I imagine... You know, he had a lot to work through, a lot to think about. He then returns to Damascus and again starts to preach about Jesus. And the Jews decide they want to put him to death, but he escapes. Over the uh, town walls, the city walls, in a basket. At this point, Paul then embarks on a number of missionary journeys around the Roman world spreading the gospel news, telling people who'd never heard this good news about Jesus. 
And he had phenomenal success. God blessed what he did and he planted many, many churches. And so we're going to take a closer look at some of these events as he went on his missionary journeys and used them to discuss being thankful. But let's just pray. Lord, I I pray for your continued leading. I pray that we would hear your voice. We'd be led by you, Holy Spirit, this morning, and that you would bless us. Continue to bless us with your presence, Lord. Amen. When Paul wrote to the Corinthian church, he said, imitate me. In fact, in 1 Corinthians 4, verses 16 and 17, he said this, Therefore, I urge you to imitate me. For this reason, I'm sending to you Timothy, my son, whom I love, who is faithful in the Lord. He will remind you of my way of life in Christ Jesus, which agrees with what I teach everywhere in every church. So Paul is saying, okay, the way I live my life, I want you to copy me. I want you to take on board the way I do things, what I say, copy it, because it's good. It'll lead you to God. And so I want to look at three, what I've said, called three times when we should imitate Paul and give thanks. The first is this, the good times. So Paul was a very successful evangelist, which means that he he was able to share about Jesus well. People understood what he was saying, but more importantly, people received what he was saying and accepted Jesus as their Lord. He started lots of churches. He saw God working in many situations. He, he saw the sick healed. He saw even the dead raised to life. There were good times. How does he respond? I just want to read four passages of Scripture. First one is this, Philippians 1, verses 3 to 6. I thank my God Every time I remember you. So thinking of the Philippians, I thank my God every time I remember you. When? In all my prayers for all of you. I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel. From the first day until now. Being confident of this. That he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. So here we have Paul talking about the Good things, you know, people being saved, the joy he's experienced, and he is thankful. Colossians 1, 3 and 4. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all God's people. Again, yeah, this is a good thing. Paul is experiencing good memories. He's hearing good reports. I thank God for you. 
Ephesians 1, 15 to 16. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all of God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. And finally, 1 Corinthians 1, verse 4. I always thank my God for you because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus. So here, imitating Paul means giving thanks in the good times. It's, uh, I just wanted to share a, a story. It's, uh, so I'm going to embarrass my son now. Um, so when, he were, when Helen was due to give birth, Thomas refused to play ball. He did not want to come out. And so we, as things progressed, we were told that maybe um, he would have to, it would have to be a cesarean birth. And so Helen was prepped for theatre. And it, it was quite a, a difficult time, you can imagine. I was just spending time praying. And they said, but we're actually going to try to a, a procedure called Vontus, where he was actually going to be pulled out. And that's what happened, praise God. He, he was literally pulled out, kicking and screaming, and came out with a very cup-shaped head, but actually all good. And as I held him in my arms, that was such a precious moment. It was a good time. And you know what? I thanked God. I did. I praised my Father in heaven for all that he'd done and what he'd given us. That's not to say that the births of my daughters were any more wonderful, but actually Thomas was the most dramatic. Funnily enough, he still doesn't always want to do what he's asked. But, uh... <laughs> so, give thanks in the good times. Secondly, the hard times. Ah. Now, did Paul have hard times? And if he did, did he give thanks? So I just want to read some verses. It's a passage of scripture that Paul wrote to the Corinthians. And this is 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 to 28. And Paul is... Strangely enough, he, he is he's saying, look, this is my reasoning. This is something for boasting in. And he was saying that these are all the things that happened to me. Now, I'm not going to read the whole passage of Scripture around it. Um, if you want to fully understand it, you will need to read in and around uh, chapter 11 of 2 Corinthians. But for the purposes here, I just want to explain some of the hard times Paul went through. I've worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, and been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. 
I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face the daily face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. I think we'd have to admit those were some pretty hard times that Paul went through. But did he give thanks? Let's look at one example. Here, Paul is in Philippi. He has uh, been preaching the good news and a slave girl has been following him, proclaiming that he is um, from God. But actually, Paul discerns that there is a spirit of evil in this girl. And so he turns around, he addresses the spirit and he casts it out and she is released. The problem is, that the owners of the slave girl think she was making us money because she was speaking out words. and um, So they then get rather angry. And we we, uh, are in the story here, Acts 16, verses 22 to 25. So the crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas. And the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. So all Paul has done is cast out and release this slave girl from the devil's hold. And yet now stripped and beaten with rods. And if that wasn't enough, after they'd been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison. And the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received These orders he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. So they're in the the depths of prison, backs bleeding. What do they do? About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the other prisoners were listening to them. So they weren't just under their breath, thank you Lord, or Lord, we just pray for your release. They were singing out God's praises. They were thankful in the hardest of times. Thankful enough that others heard what they were saying. When Paul wrote many of his letters that we've got now in the New Testament, when he wrote to the Ephesians and the Colossians, Do you know where he was? He was in prison. He was in chains. So even when he was writing to these churches and saying, I thank God for you, where was he? In the hard times. In the chains. Possibly even just waiting for the guard to come and say, right, that's it. Your time's up. You're going to be executed today. And yet he was continually thankful. Again, I just wanted to share a personal story. Uh, Five, six years ago, 
my, my, gra- my gran, who'd been very, very close to me as I grew up. She had been, had a stroke two years previously and she'd been bedridden. And she finally died, which actually was a, such a blessing for her. But she died. But on the day of her funeral, my mum, her daughter, went into hospital feeling sick. And within a, a matter of days, she was really struggling and she was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. Such a hard time. And we were told there's no hope for her, no relief. It's only a matter of time. And she died three weeks after her own mum's funeral. She was only in her 60s. And it was, she was a very healthy. It was such a hard time. And yet, I, I just want to say that I not only knew God's presence, but I was able to thank him, not only for my mum's life, but the fact that she knew Jesus I was able to thank him for all that he had done in her, but also through her in in helping me. And I, I can say that I've not been beaten. I've not been thrown in prison, but I have known some hard times. And not every time have I given thanks, but actually this time I did. And I, I know that that was through God helping me in that, God blessing me. In fact, the, at my mum's funeral, as the hearse arrived, I, I was struggling, as you can probably imagine, and I felt as I was going to collapse. And I cried out to God, and he, I felt the presence of the Holy Spirit just come upon me. And I felt such peace and renewed strength. And again, I was just so thankful. So, giving thanks in the good times, even giving thanks in the hard times, what's left? All the time. Giving thanks all the time. Again, I just wanted to share some verses. Colossians 2, verses 6 and 7. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. When? As you live your life, be overflowing with thankfulness. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And then Ephesians 5, verses 19 to 20. Speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father 
for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Billy Graham, when referring to that passage of Scripture and talking about Paul, said this. Think of it. Always giving thanks for everything, no matter the circumstances. Thanksgiving for the Apostle Paul was not a once a year celebration, but a daily reality that changed his life and made him a joyful person in every situation. Thanksgiving, the giving of thanks to God for all his blessings, should be one of the most distinctive marks of the believer in Jesus Christ. We must not allow a spirit of ingratitude to harden our heart and chill our relationship with God and with others. Nothing turns us into bitter, selfish, dissatisfied people more quickly than an ungrateful heart. And nothing will do more to restore contentment and the joy of our salvation than a true spirit of thankfulness. So there, there it is, the challenge, to be thankful in good times, to be thankful in hard times, and to be thankful in all the bits in between. As I, drawing to an end, I wanted to uh, give some reasons to be thankful. Firstly, then, it builds others up and makes them feel good. Uh, this week, I was just chatting to somebody <clears throat> And he was telling me how he had been helping out at a, uh, a church, um, at an, a messy church event. So it was, for those of you who don't know what that is, the, it was an event for children where they were able just to pay, take part in church and have fun and make mess and all these things. But part of that event was providing f- uh, food, providing meals. And the guy I was speaking to, He uh, volunteered to just help out preparing the food. And he said, it was quite interesting because I hadn't said to him, I was talking about thankfulness. He just said to me, you know, one of the best things was that afterwards some of the children would come and seek me out and say thankful. Say, I'm so thankful. Thank you for the food. And he, he said, it just made me feel so good. It builds us up. It builds others up, saying thankful. Again, as I just said, it builds us up. So rereading part of what Billy Graham said, nothing turns us into bitter, selfish, dissatisfied people more quickly than an ungrateful heart, and nothing will do more to restore contentment and the joy of our salvation than a true spirit of thankfulness. Giving thanks builds us up. Thanking people actually gives us joy. Okay, thirdly then, we have so much to be thankful for. For those who are in Christ, let's just think, we are a new creation. We are adopted children. We are restored and forgiven. We live in God's presence. We are part of of a wonderful church family. So many things to give thankful for. 
Fourthly then, we are intended to give thanks. Romans 1, 21 says this. It's an odd verse, I'll explain in a moment. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. And if you read around that verse, you'll see that actually giving thanks is fundamental to, to who we are. It's something we're called to do. Giving thanks is what we're made for. And then finally, in reasons to give thanks, it marks us out in a society that is slowly becoming less thankful. I don't know if you've picked up on that. It appears that people are less thankful these days. They're less inclined either to thank you or to do something good for you so you can thank them. And yet, if we do this, if we are thankful, if we do things that will allow others to be thankful, say thank you to us, then we are setting ourselves apart in a society that is drifting away from thankfulness. So there you have it. Paul's challenge to us comes down through the ages. Paul says, imitate me. How? By giving thanks through good times, through the hard times, all the times. We are to give thanks to God and we should be giving thanks to each other, to those we meet, wherever we go. I just want to conclude my time here in, by praying for us and uh, just ask the, the band if you want to come back up. I've jotted down three particular areas that I, I want, to, want to pray for, but I also want to give opportunity for people to come forward and be prayed for as well during uh, this, this concluding time of worship, really. And that, those three areas are this. Pray especially for those struggling to give thanks. It may be that you are enduring real hard times and you're thinking, yeah, okay, I hear what you're saying, but I'm really struggling to give thanks. So that might be you. I want to pray for those who have maybe let bitterness enter your hearts because you've just not been thankful. And bitterness has entered your heart. And then thirdly, I want to pray for those who want to be more thankful. Maybe you just think, yeah, okay, I want to buy into this. I would like to be more thankful. I just need that help from God to do that. So I'm just going to pray that through. But if you'd like further prayer, please come forward and the prayer ministry team will be, would love to pray for you.
Lord, uh, there are so many things that you've done for us, Lord. So many things. The greatest being sending Jesus to die on the cross for us. Lord, as we consider all the benefits, all the things that you've done, our hearts should rise up and cry out, I am so thankful, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And Lord, I pray that as a challenge to all of us, that that would be something that we would say, yes, Lord, I want to be more thankful. I want to thank you more, but I also want to be thankful to others as well. I want to thank them and build them up. And Lord, I pray for for each person here who thinks, yes, I want to do that. I want more to be more thankful. Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit, would you enable us to do that? May we see the opportunities that arise and say, thank you. Lord, I want to pray for those who, especially who may be going through hard times or who think, yeah, okay, I'm hearing it, but I just don't feel thankful. Help them, Lord, to to know your presence, to know that thankfulness from you rising up within them. Help them just to take that step and say, okay, I'm, I'm not enjoying the circumstances, but thank you, God, anyway. Thank you that you've got, you know, you're leading all things to my good. And thirdly, just pray for those who maybe feel that their, their hearts are, are bitter, that they haven't grasped a hold of being thankful. Maybe they even really think, well, I didn't, didn't realize, but yeah, I can see that. My heart is bitter and I don't want it to be. Lord, I pray for a releasing of hearts this morning. I pray where hearts have hardened, would you, would you come and bring a softness and a thankfulness. Amen. Amen. Thank you.